You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Almost 30 started as a conversation about the transition from our 20s to our 30s. But then we realized life is full of transitions. So we expanded our mission. We are an intuition-led, wellness-focused lifestyle podcast that promises to deliver authentic conversations, diverse points of view, and insights rooted in optimism, growth, and intention. The Almost 30 Nation community is a group of purposeful dreamers who are smart, passionate, and always seeking the full potential in every aspect of their lives. At Almost 30, we're making magic together. We dream it, and then we do it. Thanks so much for tuning into the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. Pumped that you're here. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us. Truly grateful. Uh, I I can't help but start and say, whoa, this is going to be a wild one. This is (laughs) going to be the one that everyone's been waiting for. Buckle up. (laughs) You, you, we've been talking about a lot of the things that we talk about in this episode with Jerry for so long. You know, that's dimensions, that that's light language, that's healing, that's aliens. And this is that episode. And it's one of a few that we have upcoming to really quench our thirst, yeah. quench our alien thirst. And I don't know. I feel like it's coming at the right time, right before some... Interesting activity. I mean, <laughs> prayers. <laughs> um, but we know you you all are so curious. You know, we hear you having conversations in the Facebook group and whatnot, just about, you know, whether it's consciousness or aliens or anything like that. And we just want to reiterate that this is a safe space to explore those things, yes. you know, like because it is a part of who we are. Yeah. You know, we are beings that are as Krista has explained before on the podcast, hybrid. So, you know, it's important that we explore these things too, as well as like 3D. Yeah. It's one of those things like, as with everything that we do, this is an offering. This is an offering for learning. This is an offering for exploration. And this is an offering for like everything for you to say, hmm, does this resonate with me? Yes or no? Yes. Cool. Onward. No? Cool. Next episode. So, you know, that is just like the whole motto of of this and so much of life is really taking in what feels good for you, what feels resonant for you. And uh, for me and my alien journey, it's it's been a few years of really just digging into it. And once you really understand, like, and, and I sound condescending when I say that, <laughs> once you really understand, once you guys really understand the world. <laughs> no, I didn't mean it that, but it's like, if you start to understand quantum physics and just more of the truth of the progress that we've made in science as it relates to the universe, then you can really understand the possibility and probability of aliens existing in the world and on earth. But yeah, this one's a good one. It is like so juicy. And before this, we had a healing. Yes. With Jerry, which was wild. We had never met Jerry before. We had heard about Jerry and had heard about Star Magic, his company, and I didn't know what to expect. Same. Our healings were crazy. (laughs) Wait, our healings were so crazy because like this is what always happens. We should describe them because we don't go into detail in this episode about that. So we're, so in the healing, it was almost like Reiki in a way where we're laying in a very meditative state. We're laying on opposite sides of our couch. So Lindsay's on one side, I'm on the other. And, you know, it felt like Reiki. It felt like energy work happening. And I felt like it was profound. I felt really good after. I felt really clear. But he, he was like, 
at the end of the session, he was giving us our feedback and I was like, oh, is there anything with, with us? You know, I was like, is there anything with me? And he's like, oh yeah, there's a little girl in a blue bonnet. <laughs> and every healer, if you guys listen, knows my little, my future spirit is always with us. Or maybe it's, maybe it's like a version of myself that I've left behind. Mm. Who knows? Something like that. So there's always a little girl with me, as creepy as that sounds. And then Lindsay was like, oh, who's with me? And he's like, oh, you've got like a Pleiadian alien like Lindsay and had all the cool Arct- things Arcturian yes something Lindsay had dope things I was and like, I, I had knew. like a little baby no. bonnet <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was it was pretty profound I saw a oh yeah a past life where there was a sister like my sister in a past life had stabbed me in the back and there was like this ominous figure of like my sister kind of weird in a bonnet. Yeah. Like it was kind of the shadow and she was in a bonnet holding a basket. And I knew she had just like hurt me and stabbed me in the back. So that was like really interesting to think about. I'm trying to think of other past lives. He said in past lives to- we, were, um, we were like pirates or something. He said that we were both trying to take something out of something. So we were rebel pirates in some sort of capacity and that we had done many lifetimes together. We had a dragon with us. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So dragons can exist, I guess, in parallel realities. And he said he had a dragon protecting us, which I need to activate yeah, that we, dragon right now. Literally right now. <laughs> right mm-hmm. this second. And yeah, it was it, also to the chains was really, I had a bunch of collars on, you know, because in many lives I had been held back from speaking my truth and I had been um, restricted from speaking my truth. So I had been, I had collars put on me in other lives. Mm-hmm. So he removed a lot of, a, lo- a lot of the collars from my neck, which yeah. sounds sexy, but it actually was like hard. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, you know, in describing these types of healings that he does, he does in-person and remote healings. He'll he'll heal people like from across the world, but his story is fucking crazy. But he was saying that like there is this, you know, and, and kind of what we hear in therapy, this reprogramming of what like the subconscious of your body is experiencing and constantly reverting back to. And he's like, once you learn the like, light codes in order to reprogram, quote unquote, it's very easy, right? So he's slowly but surely training people in these different types of light codes and healings. And his company, as I mentioned before, I don't company sounds weird to say because it's so much more, but it's called Star Magic Healing, starmagichealing.com. They have a beautiful meditation library. You can become a member and of course the healings and they do when we can do events, they have events around mm-hmm. the world. But yeah, Jerry's story is insane. so wild. I would say in his past life, but in his life, he was a criminal. So he would, mm, yes. he would smuggle drugs and guns and that's it what was, we highlight over here criminals yeah. and alien <laughs> criminals and aliens <laughs> and rob banks and yes. he had this wild awakening, awakening. and you're going to hear all about it in this episode it's crazy it's crazy good, it's a good one I can't um, wait. we're so excited for you guys to listen we're really also excited about the merch that is now available on the website today merch is happening slow fashion recyclable packaging um, all of the good things made by a female founded company here in LA and we're just pumped it's been doing so well you guys look so good in it and we are really really grateful it felt like a dream come true for us to do this um, retreat is popping off uh, we are so excited to see you guys in Malibu in August. It's going to be really powerful and 
you know, on the website, we have all the precautions that we're taking from a safety perspective to make sure everyone is safe. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate and review the show. It means the world to us. And please join the secret Facebook group. It's an incredible community, a place where we meet and talk and support one another. And if you haven't already, follow our Almost 30 Nation Instagram as well as our main account, Almost 30 Podcast. That's where we highlight people in our community uh, who are just, everyone's so incredible. So Shara, our community manager, has just done such a great job to cultivate the programming on that Instagram and really just make not only our community, but also the ambassador program itself just so beautiful. Yeah, and something we love so much. It's so powerful. And then secret Facebook group, come chill. Yeah, we love you. We love you. Um, thank you again, Jerry Sargent, for joining us. Again, it's StarMagicHealing.com. And we'll see you on the other side. See you soon. What would you suggest, I guess, for a lot of the people that are listening that that are feelers and are intuitive in a way, should we be shutting that part off or listening to it more? Or, or what do you think? Both. Yeah. You can't just say one thing fits every single human being because some people are really really empathic and if they're switched on all the time they're just going to get sucked dry and we see that all the time people are just kind of energyless you know they just can't go out couldn't go to the cinema or to a restaurant or to whatever because they're just getting drained left right and center so i think you've got to flip in and out you've got to get that balance for who you are as a human you've got to find what works for you same as nutrition same as everything you've got to get that balance you know What would you say to people who are scared of it? Scared of what? Scared of, you know, whether it's the empathic feelings or scared of maybe if they see or hear, um, whether it's spirit or energy, um, how would you kind of guide them to explore it in a way that they'll be able to metabolize it? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. Again, everybody's different. Um, I mean, first of all, in every single situation, you get to choose level fear. And most people are bouncing around in their heads. And there's a 0.25 second window between stimulus and response. So if you're bouncing around in your head with all these thoughts, thinking about all of these bullshit things that go on inside your head, and you see something, boom, you're going to react and go into fear. So it's about kind of conditioning people and training people to be here in their hearts and to live from this space. And then when you're here and you're living on that frequency of unconditional love 24-7, you start to create space between you and everything that's happening in your environment. And that in alone is massively transformational because you start to create space between you and any kind of potential triggers, whether it's metaphysical or physical. They can just start to see it and observe it and take an observational standpoint and not let it trigger them. So you can use that in, a, in, your, in the physical 3D reality with other people and you can use it in the spirit world too. But there are other ways of training people too to kind of see energy, feel energy, get accustomed and acclimatized to energy. Yeah, and remove the fear from it. Yeah, I mean, fear is a choice. But the problem is with a lot of people is they're addicted to the fear or they're addicted to the trauma or the guilt or the rejection or the anxiety or whatever it is because the body likes the chemicals that the brain produces when something traumatic or something negative happens. So if someone has a traumatic event in their life, then the longer the refractory period goes on for, which is the kind of point in time of when the original trauma happened to 
when they kind of stop thinking about it or whatever it could be they could be stewing on it for 14 days or three months or seven years or whatever it is the longer that refractory period goes on for the deeper that trauma is embedded within the person's cells in their dna in their consciousness and it's harder to kind of release so the body becomes more and more addicted like a crackhead or a cocaine addict mm. completely so you've got to retrain the body yeah because the body becomes the master yeah and there's i want to talk about so much there too but i just want to open up and talk about meeting you in our session, you know, just to like lay the foundation for the community and then also talk about your story before we go into like some of the amazing things that I wanted to get into because there's so much that you do that I'm really excited to to hear your thoughts and opinions on. But we were connected to you and we had a session a week ago, right? Mm -hmm. And within your session, you know, it was a session with both Lindsay and I, a healing session, and it was really profound. So I would like to talk about, you know, what you're doing in your healing, what sort of things you're channeling or how you protect yourself. And then we can talk about sort of what we saw in our healing and then um, go from there. Okay. Like what's your process? Like how do you get into the zone and what do you do to heal? Cause people are like, people are really familiar with like Reiki healing or like energy work or acupuncture. So I'd love to hear about your process for healing. Okay. So first thing that I'll do in every single healing session is take some nice long deep breaths and then just drop into the space of my heart. So just access that frequency of love. And then from there I ask a question and it's the same question in every single healing session. And that question is, please show me something I don't know to help me facilitate the healing of this incredible human being. And then by asking that question, you open yourself up to a, an infinite sea of possibility. A lot of people think, well, okay, I've been trained in this modality. It has a structure. So as soon as I start, I must put my hands on the crown chakra or the, uh, the pineal gland, or I've got to use these symbols and I've got to run the energy like this. But we don't work like that. Ours is like a game. So we ask that question and then we see what the universe presents to us. We then work with the information that's in the space. So if you look at disease or injury or illness as a symptom and then you look at the trigger which could be a past life a parallel reality something from from childhood as the cause all you've got to do is remove the cause and the symptom disappears so the body is a communication device and it lets us know when something's out of alignment and all you've got to do is find what created that misalignment so what we do is we look at the information in the empty space which is usually code so it could be geometrical code. It could appear in, in the form of pictures and symbols. And then what we do is we change the imagery. We change the code. So if you look at the human body as a laptop, and that laptop's plugged into a hard drive, the hard drive could be a parallel reality or three parallel realities that are creating trauma, feeding that information stream into the human being's biological computer, their brain, and they're running these subconscious patterns, which creates the symptom. So what we do is we go in and we find the information that's stored on the hard drive and unplug it. And then they can't access that information anymore. We then plug in a new hard drive with new data, new information, new code, new streams of, of, of light and information flow into the, into the biological computer, and that creates a physical change. Just like that. Mm. It doesn't have to take time. It's quick. It's rapid. So for people that don't know, what is what, what are the codes? Like, what does that mean when you say that? Okay, so if you look at the back end of a website, 
Okay, the website's green, but in the back end, all you see is ones and zeros and hashes and tags and codes. So we're looking at code in the same way. We we see code in the empty space. It's like it can be cubes, tetrahedrons, different geometrical shapes. The frequency of star magic is like this kind of, it's hard to kind of describe, but it's this code that's like a life. So what it looks like is a series of kind of numbers and letters and, and geometrical patterns at the top. And then you have these strips of, of, of like transparent light down the middle and then more code at the bottom. And it always comes in that formation. It looks a little bit like a jellyfish or, or a little man on a parachute. It's the only way I can describe it. There's pictures of it in my book, Star Magic Kill the Universe. But when I went on this space, got taken up in this spaceship in 2009, they downloaded these codes into my crown chakra. And then two years later, I started seeing it everywhere in the empty space. And this is what we used to heal. So when people come to our trainings, we tune them into these frequencies and they get to be able to access it too. So when you can access this codes, which we train people to do, which is very easy and not hard, then they can just drop into the space of their heart, access this information and start to create the change in the quantum field, which then manifests in the physical 3D reality. And it doesn't have to take time. So the spaceship, when you say they... Who was they and what was that experience like? So there was several kind of events that kind of took me on this journey. Do you want me to talk about all of them? Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) So the spaceship thing came after. Mm -hmm. Before that, the first thing that happened was I was watching TV one day and my ex-wife came downstairs and she looked really scared. And she said, every time I hear these dark voices and see these dark images, and it feels like something's trying to take me away. And she said, every time I push, you know, Alea, our daughter, down the road in the pushchair, it feels like something's trying to make her push the pushchair into the middle of the road. And I looked at her and I thought, you know, this just sounds like nuts. It sounds crazy. But, you know, she's my wife. I thought, okay, I love you. What do you want to do about this? And she wanted to call her friend that was a priest. So she called her friend. This priest came around our house. The lady was putting crosses up and dousing the house and all this stuff. And I was thinking, this is mad. This is like something out of the poltergeist. So anyway, she calmed Laura down. Laura went to bed. The next day I went to see a friend of mine. And I said, listen, mate. I said, you know, this really weird thing happened at home yesterday. What do you, what do you make of it? So I told him the story. And he said you've got to call this lady. So he gave me the name and the telephone number of a lady that I'd never met before. She lived like two hours away. So I phoned her up. I left a message because she didn't answer. And then she called me back and she said, what's going on? And I told her the story and she said, where do you live? I said, well, we live at 316 Richmond Road. And that was the only bit of the address I gave her. She said, hold on a minute. And the phone went quiet and I'm sat there waiting. And then she said to me, have you been knocking some walls down in your house? I said, no, we actually rent the property, but the previous owner has clearly built an extension. She said, yeah, you've got an angry old man in your house. I said, what do you mean we've got an angry old man? She said, yeah, you've got an angry old man. I said, okay, let's pretend there is an angry old man. I said, what are we going to do about it? She said, well, I'll get rid of him for you. I said, brilliant. When can you come round? She said, I don't need to come round. I can do it from here. So I'm thinking, what the fuck's going on? Right. This is so weird. You're like, you know? how much? <laughs> yeah, this is all new to me. So. 
she told me she was going to get rid of this angry old man. So anyway, we, we parted company on the phone. I went home and I said to Laura, listen, I've spoke to this lady about what happened last night. I know I didn't tell you, but it just felt like the right thing to do. And she reckons there's an angry old man in the house. And she turned around to me and said, yeah, I know I've seen him. So I thought, right, okay, you're telling me there's an angry old man. This lady reckons there's an angry old man. You've never met each other. There must be some kind of common truth. So I phoned her back up. I said, listen, I don't know what you do, but I want to come and see you. I'm like a, a dog searching for a bone. When I get kind of a clue or a bit of information, I want to follow it to the end. So I went to see her. She did past life regression and she took me into one of my past lives. And I went to see her three times a week for several years. And she worked for Scotland Yards, like solving crimes, psychically, that sort of thing, when they couldn't find the murderer or whatever it was. So she was really highly skilled. So anyway, she taught me a lot of stuff, how to remote view, how to bring my light out of my body and travel, all of these different things. Shortly after meeting her, I was in a car crash in Romania. And again, I was with my ex-wife, with my children. And the taxi that I was in ran three ladies over. What happened? I was asleep in the passenger seat. The kids and the missus were in the back. And I hear a loud crash. I wake up, there's glass, there's winds, the taxi's swaying from side to side. And I think to myself, man, we're in a bad accident. We're either going to hit the oncoming traffic or the car's going to flip. And then all of a sudden we came to a stop and there's no other cars on the roads. And I think this is weird. I looked at the taxi driver. He looked petrified. I looked in front of me. There's a hole in the windscreen. I looked in the back. Our daughter, Alea, was underneath the driver's seat. There was no seatbelts in the taxi. And Laura had our son, Josh, in her arms. And both of their mouths were full of glass. And there was blood dripping down my face, but I wasn't bleeding. So I've got out of the car. I've looked about 30 meters back up the road. And there was two ladies lying on the side of the road. I looked about another 100, 150 meters, and there was what looked like a dead body. And what happened, these three ladies crossed the road. The first one came through the windscreen, smashed me in the face whilst I was asleep, got flipped over the car and died. Second one had her ankles cut off, and the third one was physically okay. So I've walked past the two ladies because a man had come out from a nearby factory. He was on the phone. I thought, there's nothing I can do. So I was just fixated on this, what looked like this dead body. So I've walked towards it. I've got closer and closer, got within about 10 meters. And I saw this energy hovering above the lady's body, which I now know was the lady's soul. But I'd never seen anything like it. Like it was crazy, not in the physical. So I'm shaking my head, trying to get this vision out of my head, but it wouldn't go. I got closer and closer and the soul just kind of like disappeared and fizzled into the ether. I've looked down at the lady's body. Her legs are wrapped up over her head. She's completely smashed up. And it was an amazing experience. Like it, it was like someone had taken an old car to the scrap heap. And I saw what happens straight after death. There's this something inside this body and it had no use for it anymore. So it just went. And I'm looking at this kind of empty vessel on the floor. I look up to the heavens and I say, thank you. And I wanted a whiskey and a cigarette. It felt like I wanted to celebrate. It was. I, it felt like I was just so grateful. Yeah, so seeing mm. death as a positive. Yeah. As the transition. Because mm. I realized there is no death. Right. You know, the energy is still there. Right. Mm. It, 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 Got it. It was there. You know, what, what was controlling the body was still alive. I right. saw it moving. And it looked like kind of it looked like arms and legs and, and a body and a head but not really it was there was no kind of structure to it but you kind of sort of could make out that it was sort of longer and that but it was transparent and I could see the fields through it and I could see the trees and the road and so it was like this transparent frequency 
Was that, that had to, because I just want to bring it to, so that had to have also been like a feeling that you got too, that it was eternal, you know, that the spirit was eternal because I, I'm sure people can be listening and being like, to see someone dead like that, die like that is not, would not give them a feeling of joy. So I guess I just want to like bring it back to like, that was also the feeling of understanding and knowing that the soul is eternal. Correct. Yeah, and I think as well, like seeing the complete separation mm. to realize that there is something controlling the physical body. Something is inside that physical body that is not the physical body. And the physical body really is just a vehicle. It really is just a shell. Spacesuit. It's an avatar. We come down into it and it's amazing because we get to interact with other souls and other lights, other frequencies through this thing that we come into we get to kiss people hug people talk to people eat food all this sort of stuff which you can't do when you're energy so it's amazing but at the same time it's not what we are it's just temporary and i think if people can understand that and accept that there really isn't death and, and wipe out that fear we can really step into our power i think to experience death or to accept death in its totality to realize that it's just an illusion and it's only the physical vehicle that decays and dissolves and goes to dust. Whether we burn it or bury it, it doesn't matter, but the, the energy keeps going. And I think that's beautiful. Do you feel like you were able to see that because of your work with that woman? Like, or Nah, because I'd never seen anything like that. Mm -hmm. I'd never seen anything like that in these, you know, not in the physical, because I wasn't seeing this in my mind's eye. Mm -hmm. This was something I was seeing, like I look, I'm looking at this cup of tea on the table. It right. was like looking at that. And that was what was crazy for me, you know, doing the past life regression. I mean, I was seeing myself in other realities inside my head. And I'd only been seeing her for maybe a month to okay. two months when this accident happened. I saw her for a lot longer afterwards. And it was only really after the accident, my healing ability started. And then the journey with her really took off because I was so into this mm. you know after seeing that it was like the universe was smacking me around the face and saying jerry wake up you idiot stop doing what you're doing with atoms and molecules in continuous movement with space with energy wake the fuck up and sort your life out man and where were you like what was that like kind of what did you need to be woken up from so like my life before star magic and before healing was very different i used to smuggle drugs guns i was a criminal I used to be involved in lots of bank frauds, uh, stealing money from banks in very clever ways. And when I met this lady who became my spiritual teacher, I started actually using the money that we were stealing from the banks and giving it to her to give to charities. So we were building water pipelines in Africa. Um, we've done work in um, the Philippines, various different places where there's people that need help. So we were giving her like bags of cash, sending it off to these different places and getting letters back. And people were saying, this is, we, you know, we, we've done this with the money and that with the money. And it made me feel really, really good. And I'd never really given in up until that point in my life. I was very like egotistical. I just wanted, you know, Lamborghinis and Rolexes and cars and houses and designer suits and all that bullshit. You know, it's very materialistic. So to give and to actually realize that giving can feel amazing and it can reward you more than actually giving anything to yourself. It just, yeah, it kind of started to change me. A whole heap of different things kind of, it was all kind of like this big concoction. Mm. Just started to change me. The accident, the meeting this lady, giving, receiving, the, 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 the gratitude from other people. And then how yeah. were you able to get out of that? 
life and what like about you being a criminal, as you say, like has been shown to you through spirit and these conversations and like in your spiritual journey, like what has been shown to you about, about that part of your process? Well, I think being in that world was a really important part of my process. First of all, I've taken a 180 degree U-turn and to be where I am now and, and, and sharing with other people and training other people, no one's ever got any excuse that warrant that is good enough when they come into a workshop with me or a training. No one can ever say to me, Jerry, well, you know, my mum beat me when I was younger or my dad left or I was abused or I've had no money or I grew up in this neighborhood or whatever kind of bullshit excuses they've got going on, whatever story they're telling themselves. Because where I've come from and to where I've been, where I am now, it's a huge transformation. I mean, just before that incident happened in our house, when my wife came down the stairs, we had a property business and we lost it. We were kicked out of our home onto the streets. I was out on the streets with my missus and kids. We had no money. We went from having millions to having nothing in the space of weeks. And to go through that kind of process, it was like the universe was stripping me, ready for my spiritual journey. But I didn't accept it at first because when these things started happening, I kind of took them in my stride, but I didn't really pursue the healing. I was like, people are going to think I'm crazy, man. Like all of my mates were criminals. So, you know, I had to kind of come out of that world. So I changed myself and just really worked on myself for many years. And the healings kind of were happening and happening. And then we emigrated to New Zealand. And then things kind of elevated even more. So we went to New Zealand and that got me out of my old life. When we went to New Zealand, we started a health and fitness business. We opened up a mixed martial arts gym. We were had a strength and conditioning element there. We were taking a lot of overweight people from the Maori community and we were kind of rehabilitating them physically, mentally, emotionally, and you know, helping them live better lives. Again, this was a part of the process because I was helping people change. Um, but we started this business and when we went to New Zealand, a friend of mine, who, well, my, my spiritual teacher who'd become my friend by then, she was in a, a serious car accident. Her car went into a Range Rover, the gear stick had gone through a leg, her legs were broke, her ribs were broke, smashed to pieces. She got taken to a, a French hospital in Bristol in England. And the doctors had said to her, you know, you're never going to walk again. Um, you know, you could be in hospital for at least a year. And her partner phoned me up and told me this and asked if I could help. She knew that this lady had done work with me, but you know, I wasn't really into this healing. I'd had a few things happen. Like my wife one day had a headache and I thought I can take it out of your head. I don't know why I thought it, but I did. And I walked over to her and I saw the headache. It was green. And I kind of just grabbed it and pulled it out. And I was like, she got up off the bed like that. She didn't have a headache. And I was like, that's a little bit kind of weird, you know, but it just kind of happened. So things like that were happening. Anyway, we moved to England. She had a car accident. Her partner phoned up and asked if I could help. And I'm thinking, how can I help? I'm in New Zealand. She's in, in England. You know, my ego's working overtime, but my intuition said, go and get your crystals and lie on the bed. So I got my crystals. I went and laid down on the bed and I put them on my chakras. And then all of a sudden I was in a hospital room and all this light started pouring out of my hands. And I kind of just knew what to do. I started putting her body back together. And I did this every day for two weeks. And then she walked out of hospital on a Zimmer frame in 12 weeks. And the doctors were kind of flabbergasted. And I was thinking, did I do something? Didn't I do something? It's just my crazy imagination. But when she came out of hospital, she phoned me up. And she said, Jerry, I woke up one night. I looked at the side of my bed and said, what are you doing here? She started talking to me. She saw me, even though I was in New Zealand. So exactly where I'd imagined myself in a hospital room. 
So I started thinking there's more to this imagination stuff than what I was taught imagination was at school. Something you make up in your head that doesn't really exist, but it's your imagination. So I realized that what is going on inside of your mind is actually a reality somewhere in the field. So this happened. And then at the same time, I met this old guy and he taught me how to meditate. I'd never meditated before. And uh, he had a pyramid in his garden and I used to go around there and he used to get me to meditate with my eyes open. And one day I'm sat there, I'm meditating and Jesus appears before me, like as, as clear as you two. And my feet turned to balls of fire. I looked down and my feet, I got flames coming off them. And he says, Jerry, you can walk any way you want in your life. Don't be frightened. So I said, like, okay. And then he turned and there were some steps and he walked up these steps and I followed him. And we were in the last supper and I was Matthew and there's all these kind of people around the table and he's kind of given his last supper sermon. There's all this fruit and stuff. And I look out the window and there's a big spaceship and they were kind of showing me that spaceships, extraterrestrials have been around for a long, long time. So I'm in this experience and I get up and walk back down, back into the garden, back into my meditation. And then Two weeks later, I had an even crazier experience. Again, I'm meditating with my eyes open and a little space pod. Only way I can describe it lands in the garden and there's a blue being inside of it. And I'd never heard of any blue beings or met any extraterrestrials. So I took my light out of my body, which this lady had taught me to do. That was obviously part of my training for this. Your lights out of your body. My lights, like my spirit. Cool. So okay. when you slow your brain waves down and you slow your heart rate down to a certain uh, frequency, right. then you can kind of step forwards out of your body and you can leave your body behind. Oh, right. And you mm. can start Is traveling. that astral planning? No. I think it's a bit different. Okay. Because you can astral travel and take yeah. your consciousness somewhere, but you can actually bring your light out of your body. So you walk around. Cool. You're actually walking mm. around and you're separated. You can turn around, you can look at your body and it just looks like a, a lump <laughs> sat in the chair. Yeah, it's a very interesting experience. Yeah. Um, but you've got to get your kind of uh, brain waves down to three to five brain cycles per second. And you want your heart rate like sub 28 beats per minute. So she taught me how to do this. So you kind of like, and it takes a little bit of practice and, and a bit of guidance and someone that you can trust too, because when you come out of your body it is so amazing. A lot of the time you don't want to come back. And the other thing is when you are about to kind of pop out of your body, the ego can play up. It starts to shit itself. It's like dying. It's the only reason we're frightened of death is because the ego is going to lose its control. So, it takes a little bit of practice, but when you master it, it's, it's really cool. So I was in this meditation, took my light out of my body, went and got into this spacecraft and there's this blue being sat next to me and the kind of, this thing kind of came over the top, like a lid or a t the, 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 the roof, but it was kind of like transparent. Like a little hatchback. Sort of. Yeah. It was kind of like it didn't exist, but it did exist. Wow. And then in front of me was like this big crystal dashboard and the being was like making things happen on it with its mind. So it was kind of just sort of like, I could see it, like just communicating with it. And then we just kind of shot through this portal, through this kind of white tunnel for about four seconds. And then we came out the other side and we're over a beach and water and there's like um, jungle in the background. It's really sunny. I get out of this little space pod and I walk up the beach and there's about 200 of these blue beings. I now know they're Lyrans and we were on Alpha Centauri. And at the time I was told we were on Alpha Centauri and I'd never heard of Alpha Centauri, but information was just streaming into me. Right. Like these beings, like 
they're about six and a half foot tall. They had no clothes on. All of them kind of had six packs. They were really fit and healthy. They had no, uh, they were androgynous, no male, no female. Um, I knew what they ate. I knew how long they were kind of pregnant for. All of these kind of things were just kind of like coming into me. And I walked up the beach and they came and they hugged me. And like the level of love that I mm. experienced was just, it's indescribable. Like I just felt like I was melting on the spot. And it was so beautiful that I got no words to even kind of try and explain it to anyone, but they just hugged me and it felt like I was home. And it felt like I didn't ever want to leave that place. You know, it felt like I was back where I belonged. So they hugged me. I had this experience and then they kind of cleared a pathway and I walked through it, through the trees and they took me into this building, which was made by light. It was like this geometrical structure, went inside and there was another blue being, but this blue being looked really ancient. And I knelt down on the floor and all of this orange light started pouring into my crown chakra. Within this light, there was these geometrical codes and it was the ones that I was trying to describe to you earlier. And it wasn't like a geometry that you see in textbooks. So it's not like Flower of Life, Metatron's Cube, all of these kind of platonic solids, things like that. None of that stuff. This was something different. So this download was happening. I don't know how long it went on for, but once it finished, two of them picked me up and they kind of frog marched me back to the space pod, stuck me inside. We flew back through the tunnel, got out of the space pod, went back into, into the pyramid and that was it. And then nothing else really happened for a couple of years. And I woke up one day and I just thought, right, we've got to go back to England. And my missus and the kids, they're like, dad, you crazy. We love it here. You know, everything's going really, really well. Business is good and blah, blah, blah. And, um, I said, listen, we've got to go back to England. They said, no. So I pestered them for like two weeks. I'm like, just, you know, we have to go back. We have to go back. And in the end I broke them down and kind of, we put a manager in charge of the gym and we flew back to England. So get back to England. I'm out running on a Sunday morning and I see some fairies flying around a tree. So I stop and I'm After like... After two years. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's like, been two years since you've like seen It's been two something. years, okay. yeah. Everything's gone quiet. Okay. Were you... Hold on. Were you, were you bummed? Were you like... Because, I mean, to have that profound experience and to feel like you downloaded a consciousness and then have nothing, I'm, I'd I feel really meditating. lost. I was meditating all the time, but nothing was really happening. Right. And, and th- there, there was no, like, interaction with other things. Did you feel... Fr- like, because especially, too, if you're feeling that love, did you crave to have it again? I like, wanted it. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted it. And I wanted to connect with these things. And and where we were in New Zealand, we're on in a place with Napier on the North Island on the East Coast. And there were these, like, sort of hills called Tomato Peak. And... I used to go up them. I used to drive up at nighttime, sit in my car, and I'd be like, please. Of course. You know, <laughs> of I, course. I, I really want to connect with you guys. Yes. And I did it regularly. I'm sure. But mm-hmm. How do you explain that now? I just think that it's a process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had to integrate what was happening to me with mm-hmm. these codes because my vi- vibration was changing all the time. I was becoming a more peaceful person. There was lots of other lessons that I had to learn too, like whilst I was in New Zealand, like one day I got a really bad shoulder and, um, I went to see a chiropractor. I went to see a, a, a physiotherapist. I had cortisone injections in all this stuff. Nothing was helping. And it got worse and worse and worse. And it went on for about a year or so. In the end, I couldn't even do a push up. And then one day I got this kind of thought in my head. It's because you didn't tell this person what you should have told them. There was an instructor in our gym that had pissed me off and I didn't speak my truth in that situation. Mm. And then I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to go and tell my tr- speak my truth. And as soon as I did that, my shoulder cleared up and I went and spoke my truth and, and, and got rid of this guy and blah, blah, blah. So 
that happened. And I, I learned loads of other little lessons in this two years right. about, about myself and about how I needed to enforce boundaries yep. and my own energy. and Which is very 3D, like human. You know, it's like still working on those like human elements of your experience. Absolutely. But I was very 3D. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, I yeah. need to be punched around the face at least 10 million times yeah. to kind of like get me into the right space. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. interesting too with the Lyrans, it's like that's such a common theme with extraterrestrials is telekinesis is like that's pretty much how all of them communicate. And I think in the future, that's how we will communicate is like being able to be so clear that we can like see through the like distractions or like whatever distractions that we have in front of us because we are communicating with telekinesis whether we like it or not or know it and it's like telepathy energy. or telekinesis yes or wait what telepathy or tele telepathy telepathy or, yeah yes or no telekinesis is moving the objects around oh yeah yeah telepathy telepathy yes contact. sorry yeah no that's cool because that's a, a theme with most aliens right is like yeah. communication through that yeah and it's fast it's rapid it's just instant and, and and as we've gone deeper on this journey, I've found that, that, that telepathy is just happening more and more. You know, I mean, these guys here sat in the room, part of the team, you know, we're, we're, the telepathic communication is just kind of like, boom, boom, boom. It's happening all the time. Mm -hmm. When we run our retreats and our workshops, we don't often have to speak to each other. You know, if, if one of us needs help or assistance, the other one just comes because you can feel and hear the thoughts, you know, and sometimes you think they're, they're your own thoughts, but really it's someone else communicating with you. We yeah <laughs> yeah we honestly it's very clear <laughs> very very clear um, and that was when you, I did the healing with you two last week I mean you guys are like sisters you know it's a real strong bond so yeah. it's not surprising you know we had a few lives together yeah truly I, I'd love to kind of talk about that healing and, and the power of I think the past lives piece was really interesting so how do past lives relate to what's happening physically in the body, what's happening emotionally. I know you touched on it before, but I would love to kind of like pull that thread for people so they can understand exactly what's happening. If they feel like maybe they're carrying something that isn't theirs or maybe what it is from a past life, but they don't know it's a past life, it can be very heartbreaking, you know, to not know what this heaviness is or anger. So I'd love to just kind of dig into that part of your work. Yeah, so... If you look at someone's physical ailments, injury, illness, disease, whatever it is, it has a trigger. And you could say, so, so for example, someone could have like liver cancer, okay? The liver is guilt, it's anger, like every body part means something. So someone could have guilt and anger issues that could stem from childhood. For example, a, a girl could have been abused by a father. So she's going to be angry that that happened. And over... 10, 15, 20 years, it can manifest in this, this tumor. But I can pretty much guarantee you that that is just a very superficial level of the healing. So we could go into the childhood trauma and we could heal that and the tumor may shrink a little bit. But to really get it to go, you've got to go in and find the deepest root trigger in the quantum field that created this. So we could go back to 1922, we could go back to 1851, we could go back to 1402 and have three other realities where there was similar experiences that created this guilt, anger, whatever it is. And we could kind of collapse those timelines, shift the soul into healing in those realities, but it's still not going to shrink that tumor. It's not going to dissolve that tumor because there is an underpinning one real deep. And what we have to do is to find the deepest possible root cause. 
in whichever life or reality that exists in the quantum field. When you go in and you unplug them from that data stream by collapsing the reality, changing the timeline. There's lots of different kind of ways we've got of doing this. But as soon as you un- unplug them from that, every single reality linearly that sits on top of it is going to fall down. Like you're blowing up the foundation of a building and all the bricks fall down. So you pull that 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 main cause, that main trigger point out from the equation, everything else dissolves and the t- tumor disappears. How long does it take you, I guess, in a healing to find the root? Like, is it challenging to find roots? It depends. I mean, I had a lady in China recently with a a tumor on her um, kidney. And within a minute, it had gone. We did this, we used this kind of way of healing. I call them ways, not method, not techniques, because they're not techniques. We used this star magic way of healing, uh, collapsed the original trigger point. She was unconscious, like out drifting, journeying for maybe 40 minutes. But it took like 15 seconds to, to kind of like get the job done. She went back for a scan the next week. There's no tumor. So it's quick. It's fast. Other people, it could be one or two healing sessions. It just depends, mm-hmm. you know, it's, but it doesn't take long. Wow. So with her, what was her original trigger point? Like if people could have an example of like, what would be a trigger point that would lead to that? And then does it show up in every lifetime? Or is not it necessarily. Just, okay. No, I mean, a soul could be having multiple experiences right now in the quantum fields and they could be having a thousand experiences, but only 81 of them are to do with this or three of them are to do with this particular illness or disease or whatever it is. So it's just about finding the deepest one, unplugging it and the rest will just collapse. Her original trigger point was fear. The kidneys resemble fear and flow and it was in her right kidney. So it was to do with when she was a man in another reality and that man had gone to war and he had been betrayed by someone that was very close to him. And so he was in fear of trusting people, which meant she was in fear of trusting people in this reality. She carried that kind of like aspects, that subconscious belief system that if I trust this person, something bad is going to happen to me. So once we unplug them from that, boom, this is gone. Have you met with any resistance to your work as, you know, for someone to say, oh, my tumor's gone, you know, and like, has there any been, been any resistance from whether it's the medical field, government, anything like that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember when I first started Star Magic, the imagery that I used, I had like this energy like coming out of my hands, yeah? And I that was on my website at the very start. And so lots of they, they doctors, the pharmaceutical people, they created these websites and they were saying, Jerry thinks he's Harry Potter and all this kind of stuff. And they wrote literally pages and pages and pages of stuff, calling me a quack, calling me all of this sort of stuff. And I just thought that was really positive because at the end of the day, I must be doing something right if they want to come after me like that. So yeah, I mean, there was, all of that happened and that still happens, you know, but I see it as a positive because if I'm, if I'm, if I'm doing good work yes. and getting results, that's why they're coming after me. So mm-hmm. So within, yes, and within other timelines, you know, when you're doing the past life regression, could you get people if they were Atlantean or if they were Lumerian, like, is there different, or if they're starseeds beings, like, is is it just human experience that is, 
is that we're able to tap into or what is that? What kind of experiences can we tap into? No, I mean, I'll give you an example. Um, I was in Romania running a training two years ago and this girl walked into the training and she had scabs all over her face and she put makeup on to try and cover it up. I felt so sorry for it because she was obviously feeling really kind of, you know, mm. paranoid and self-conscious mm-hmm. and all of that sort of stuff. And I said, you know, what's, what's the matter? She said, I've got, I'm on kidney dialysis. So she was kind of yellow and her whole face broken out and all these scabs and you know she was in a really really bad way so on i think it was the third or the fourth day of the training we laid her down on the healing bed and you can give someone energetic body parts which might sound a bit crazy to some people um even last year at the conscious life expo a lady came to me that didn't have a gallbladder and her bile and acid in her body was crazy. So I, I stuck in an energetic gallbladder. She's never had any problems since. So, and that was just in a 15 minute healing session, sat at a booth with a million people walking around, you know, it was really busy and loud and noisy. So, you know, just these things can happen quick. With this lady in Romania, we laid her down and I took her up onto a spacecraft and we gave her two new energetic kidneys. Then I was asking, please show me something I don't know. I need to find the root cause of this kidney issue. So we went back to the Andromedan Wars and I saw her in a spacecraft being chased by two negative beings. And she was hiding in this kind of like uh, like star cluster, this kind of like this hole in this rock. Anyway, she got they, they found her, she got taken, she got tortured, all of this sort of stuff. I was explaining to her kind of what I was seeing as this was happening. She was in tears, like really, really emotional. And she started to kind of tap into the reality that was happening. And she was remembering it and she became very traumatic for her. But she screamed and cried and released so much of this trauma through the experience. So anyway... I went to speak to her as an extraterrestrial in this other experience and brought that that part of her soul, which is obviously fragmented into healing, changed the timeline, brought her back from the spaceship into her body, and she's never used dialysis since. So all of these realities, whether, you know, it's extraterrestrial, whether it's human, I mean, even animals, you know, people's souls have been animals, trees, mountains, all sorts of different experiences. Mm. So nothing cool. is kind of out of the, the mountain. Mm-hmm. Out of the is that chill? <laughs> it must be chill. <laughs> if you're just like a mountain. <laughs> like, that'd be cool to just tap into like a mountain timeline. You're like, mm, hello. <laughs> you're just like, yeah, people are climbing on me a lot this year. I want to talk about, um, you said, you mentioned like within her timeline, there was like dark energies. So that's something that with, I guess what's going on right now is sort of like an unbalance between sort of the dark energies that from what I perceive are overriding our consciousness and sort of have control over us, whether that's Matrix or Reptilian or Draco. And so I do want to talk about ways in which that they use different practices to control our consciousness and how we can work against that? Yeah, I mean, it's a really good question. So, I mean, there's lots of mind control towers and devices pumping out frequencies into our environment, left, right, and center. And and thoughts can be implanted into our consciousness. And a lot of the time, they're not our own thoughts. Like to give you an example, I mean, I used to be addicted to like cocaine and different drugs, pornography. You know, I was addicted to like sex for a long time. And I used to watch a lot of porn, go to brothels, that sort of thing. And 
even now, like I could be there, sat there, let's say in the living room and I'll get up to walk to the kitchen and I have this thought in my head, go and watch this channel or whatever it is. And when it first used to happen, it used to get me. I, I used to think it was my own thought thing. No, oh, that's a great idea. You know, so I go and switch the laptop on or whatever. And then I started to realize these thoughts aren't my own. And then you start looking at where these thoughts come from and you see other beings firing them into your head. It normally happens when your brain chemicals are tipped. You could have had some sugar or some alcohol or you've kind of like you're changing direction and you're moving from one scene to another. So you're not a hundred percent present. You know, they're really clever. And a lot of this stuff is automatic. Like we're playing a game and they have these things called frequency fences. So when your, your frequency hits a certain vibration, then it triggers the game and the game will get people in your environment, husbands, wives, sons, daughters, friends, business partners, whoever to say certain things that will trigger you to bring your vibration back down. So you're constantly kind of in flux and in a battle in a way. If you don't know the game, it's kind of impossible to win. But when you do know the game and you know what you're up against, then you can start to navigate your way through this game. And like I said earlier about being present and living in your heart, the best way to navigate your way through this game is to create space. And the only way you're going to do that is by living in your heart. If you're living in your heart and you're on that frequency of unconditional love, you have clarity. You have a high levels of awareness. And you can see and feel everything that is taking place in your space. And there is much, there is lots of space between you and what is happening. You can make a different choice. You can make a different decision. You can either decide to engage in the infiltration or you can decide to realize it's infiltration and not engage. But it is a minefield because, you know, people have beings living inside their bodies. You like know, parasites? We, parasites. We call them shadow parasites. Mm -hmm. And the reason I call them shadow parasites is because... If you look at a normal parasite, for example, there's parasites that live in the jungle. And what they'll do is they'll infiltrate a caterpillar and they'll make the caterpillar climb to the top of the tallest tree and explode. And then all of the juices and that go over the trees and the leaves, all the other caterpillars come and eat it. Then the parasite gets into all the other caterpillars. And then they all climb to the top of the tallest trees and they all explode. And that's how the parasite grows. So it takes over the consciousness of the of the being it's inside of and the being just becomes like a host, like an avatar and the parasite controls it. These shadow parasites live in human beings. They live in the fields of human beings and they also can control human beings externally and make human beings do certain things. You know, a lot of people that commit horrific crimes like walking into a school and shooting a load of people, they don't really know they were doing it. They were taken over. They were just a tool. And it's really easy to kind of mind control someone and take over their consciousness and make them to do that if you know what you're doing. So hu humans do that and also other beings do that too. Would you, I guess I'm wondering what your exp explanation or understanding of depression is as it relates to those shadow parasites? Uh, sometimes. Okay. So if someone has depression, there will have been some kind of trigger point that created it. And when that, original kind of trigger happens, generally that person's gone into fear. And what happens is on a subconscious level, that person is like, oh, just please help me. I just want to get out of this mess. And these beings are talking to them. We'll help you. We'll help you. And they kind of do a deal on a subconscious level. And the con the, there's a contract that's entered into between the being and the person. And that being kind of lives precariously through that 
avatar feeding off of their low vibrational energy and in return they kind of help them in that moment but the deal isn't really a kind of a, a a balanced deal you know they might have helped them a little bit in that moment but once they're inside that's it boom they're feeding for an entire lifetime or maybe several lifetimes because these beings can stay with the soul and move from one body to another how do you get rid of shadow parasites it depends on the parasite. Mm -hmm. The best way is to love it into submission. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people will go to battle with them. And sometimes you kind of do have to yeah. go in and, and, and work and be a bit more fierce with these things. But in an ideal scenario, these things are losing their home. So you want to be kind to them. Like if I came to your house and said, listen, get out of your house. Give me your belongings and fuck off. You'd be like, fuck you, Jerry. You'd put up a fight. You wouldn't stand for that and these things are the same we're coming in and we're taking them from their home so they get a little bit scared so they want to stay so you've got to kind of talk to them what we'll generally do the way we train people is we'll open up the heart we'll open up the navel we'll find a way in we'll see what we're dealing with and we'll communicate um, we've got certain structures that we put around the human being with certain codes that we use so that once we take the beings out from the human we send them through a portal and the code that we use is like a, a navigation system, like a sat-nav, and it will take the being to whichever vibrational space they're supposed to go to. Ideally, we want, to go, want them to go back to source, but sometimes they've got lessons to learn, so they'll go to a different dimensional space, different density. So we've got techniques that, that allow that to happen, but we'll communicate with the being, and in an ideal world, you want to kind of you know, cuddle them and, and kiss. And we had this girl that lived in New York that came to our training in England and she's the best person that I've ever seen removing shadow parasites. And she used to pick them up. She'd stroke their heads. She'd cuddle them. What she, do they look like? It depends. I mean, yeah. they could look like um, snakes. They can look like Whoa. beetles, spiders. Sometimes they can be really deformed, weird looking entities with multiple legs and arms. Whoa. So, I mean, mm. I, I, I've seen them strangling people from the inside and people choking to death. Oh. You know, I, I had a lady years ago, not years ago, three years ago, one of the first mind, body, spirit festivals that we went to, this lady was walking down the aisle towards our stand and she was like, boom. Boom, boom. She looked massive. She had like hands with like shovels, big shoulders. And she, she walked up to me. <laughs> Sexy. <laughs> and she put her fingers in her mouth and she ripped. She was ripping her mouth like that. Oh my God. She looked into my eyes and she said, fuck you. <gasps> and it was the being talking to me because it right. didn't want to be near me because it knew I was going to take it out. So I oh. sat down in the chair. There was two beings inside of it. I pulled one out for her throat and one out through her heart. And as soon as we took these beings out, her hands went back to like these really beautiful, slender female hands. Her shoulders like went back to like normal size. Her face changed, looked about 20 years younger, just in, in the matter of minutes. And she was so happy. The light came back into Aww. her eyes. Her eyes were dark before. She looked withdrawn and depleted, you know, just like something sucking her energy. And as soon as it had gone, she, she just shapeshifted back and changed and she was normal again. Is there a contract to them with the soul where, where, cause that's the the one thing with all like dark entities and stuff like that is like, you have to be in agreement, correct? Like on a soul level, like you've agreed to that experience. Absolutely. Yeah. There, there has to be a, an, an agreement in place. And that's what I think about with like dark energies and like reptilians, even it's like they make it known and it's our consciousness and conscious choice to like engage in whatever programming that is like happening. But we can feed that energy. Like you're saying, it's there and it's available. And 
you know, I used to be re- really kind of like, I used to love going to battle with these things and all that sort of stuff because it's exciting. But now I've got a whole different mindset. And my mindset now is just kind of let them do their thing. And just, if they come into my space, I'll deal with it. And if they come into a client's space, I'll deal with it. But otherwise, just let them be. Let them do their thing. I'm just going to work on raising the vibration of what I, you know, of, of, of my clients, of, of, of the people that come to my workshops and, you know, and myself. And, and, and whatever they do is entirely up to them. I mean, I, I, I've had some crazy experiences with reptilians. I was in Turkey and I was working on this lady. She was laid down on a healing couch and a Baphomet came in behind me. You know, those kind of like goats with horns, mm-hmm. like the devil. Mm-hmm. And it's, it came in real quick. It started pumping fire in through my back. And the, the fire kind of came to here before I managed to see it. And I stopped it. I pushed it back out of my space. And then got rid of it, continued my healing. That night I went to the gym and I'm sat in the sauna on my own. And there's a wooden door with a little kind of like glass yeah. bit. And there's a reptilian and these other two beings that are like dinosaurs. Like they're looking through at me. I'm thinking, what the fuck, man? This oh is crazy. <laughs> you're trying like, to the door. You're like, yeah. lock. <laughs> so I've kind of, they, they, they looked at me for a bit and then they went. And then I've kind of come out of um, the sauna. The next day, um, I'm having dinner with this lady and another one comes through the wall and tries to stab me in my kidney. So I've jumped out of my body and I'm having a battle in kind of like four or five D with this thing. I've got a bow and arrow and I'm firing <laughs> arrows of light. This is so wild. Yeah. And I'm having dinner with this lady at the same oh time. It was nuts. God. So in these kind of two different places. <laughs> like, keep eating your pasta. I know, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so that happened. I managed to kind of like get rid of this thing. And then the next day, I'm looking around this temple and my daughter calls me from England. She said, dad, I've just been pulled off of my horse by two green beings and they're eating my womb. So I've kind of tuned in and she's on the floor like that up against the gate. So I've managed to get these beings off her and like her period was not right for about a year, you know? And then the next night, um, they came into my son's bedroom and tried to attack him. So we, we've had these kind of like, you know, little battles with them, you know, as star magic has grown, they've kind of tried to kind of stop it in different ways, but you know, we're kind of versed in it now and accept it. And and, and if we have to kind of go in and deal with this stuff, then we just deal with it, but they are there and they do try and infiltrate. But the main thing to remember for anyone listening is that you've got to stay in love. It doesn't mean you've got to be soft and nice, but you've got to stay in love, open your heart. They don't like it, but you do have to enforce your boundaries energetically sometimes. And the best way to do that is with your willpower. When you're kind of fighting or battling or working against these energies, you have to know that nothing can harm you. Nothing can, nothing is more powerful than you. If you raise your energy and expand yourself and be strong and enforce your boundaries and say, no, you can push anything out of your space. They'll try and put thoughts into your head and try and break you down. But if you just stay strong, you'll overcome anything. Mm. You have two kids. Yeah. And so what has that been? Have you just always communicated this with them? I know that this started to happen when they were young or yeah. you know, the awareness of it. I mean, I w- they, they grew up with me being like, you know, wanting to be a 3D dad to start with, you know? So, I mean, my journey started 14 years ago. So my son was like one at the time and my daughter was three. So probably after two or three years, I started to, you know, talk to them about this stuff and encourage them you know, to meditate and stuff. I mean, one thing that we're kind of really well known for now is our guided meditations. And the way that I started doing these was with my children. 
we used to get up in the morning and, but you know, they, they, they don't go to school anymore, but I took them out when they were 10, but, but when they were still going to school, I used to get them up in the morning before school and tell them a story. And the story would turn into this crazy elaborate, you know, adventure where we'd go into a tree and meet pixies and fairies and, you know, connect with these energies and stuff and ride on butterflies. And so that's how I kind of developed the technique that we use now to kind of take people on all of these journeys. It was with my kids, you know, they, they, they were very receptive and they helped me and encouraged me and were really keen to go on these journeys and dad, dad, can we do this? Can we, can you tell us another story? Blah, blah, blah. But really it was a meditation. So they've been exposed to it. They're, they're, they can heal themselves. I mean, we were in Turkey on holiday um, a couple of years back and a cat had broke its leg. And my son, Josh, he'd gone down, he'd got the cat and um, he picked it up and he held the cat in his hands. It was a little kitten. And he said, dad, you know that, um, the, the man from Egypt with the big nose? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, well, I got him to come in and I called upon <laughs> the energy of the moon and the sun and we shined it through the cat's leg and look, his legs back together again. Is that again. Thoth? Thoth, yeah. So yeah, like the kids can heal. Um, they've been to so many trainings now mm. as well. So they just know this stuff. I mean, the kids, it's, it's so natural mm. for the kids to do this stuff. They just tap in and, and just play and it just happens. It's like a game for them. It's only adults you've got to really kind of break down and recondition. But kids just know it. Yeah, there's like no second guessing, you know, with yeah. kids, which is so amazing. With your um, meditations, you use light language, right? And then symbols or like, because I want to talk about like the imagery that you use, what that is, and then what is happening with the light languaging or what's the transmission? So every single meditation, you will never find the same, us doing the same meditation twice. So every time we do a guided meditation, whether it's online or whether it's with a group in whatever country, it's different. You could come to a third activation workshop 10 times. It would be completely different because we're working with a different group of souls, a different energy, a different frequency. So even though we're activating the pineal glands, we work in the moment and we work with the group frequency. So, you know, on our meditation library, on our website, we've got over 200 meditations, you know, they're all different. So we don't have a plan when we go into meditation. We just drop into our heart, we connect, and we go on a journey. And the journey could be to another planet. It could be through portals to download codes in different temples, just depending on what the universe has got in store for us, for us based on the group frequency that we're working with. So we can be connecting to the stars, to the earth. Knowledge comes from the stars. Energy comes from the earth. So you've got masculine and feminine frequencies. The light language that we transmit is really the language of the soul. So a lot of people try and understand light language by trying to understand it. And you're never going to be able to do that. The only way you're going to be able to understand it is by kind of being in the space and allowing the light language into your consciousness, just to hear it and absorb it into your soul. And then the frequency kind of goes down into your cells and then it starts to transmit the message to you. So you kind of like, it's like, you know, the message, you feel the message, and then it kind of translates into human words. But if you listen to it and think, well, what does that mean? You're not going to get a direct translation. Cause it's like, what does it sound like again? It's like, yeah. that sort of thing. Yes. So that will be understood sort of by your soul. 
Yeah. And, and if people close their eyes and they feel that stuff, it shifts them massively. And what we do is we have light language transmissions and light codes. So we've got an artist. I'll do a transmission, give it to the artist, and the artist will draw the symbolic code. So you can go to the website, click on the code, stare at it, listen to the transmission. So it affects you kind of auditorily, visually, and it just shifts your right brain, your heart opens, your cells vibrate, and it just completely transforms you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. If you can kind of just sit down and be with light language even if you don't understand on any level it will just do things to you which is so positive yeah we had a womb awakening ceremony with two healers from london and they did light language healing which was really profound Mm -hmm. it's crazy yeah i love it um but i was just thinking how is it like the is it the humanness in us that is like wanting to make everything logical, mm-hmm. you know, like, because I, I think there are probably a lot of people listening right now that are like, it's not logical. Okay. Yeah. okay wait, can you go back and tell me like how it actually works? Yep. You know, and same with, you just said regarding light language and whatnot, like how you can't try to translate it or figure it out. It is like the receiving of it and the getting out of one's own way. It's what I heard and like opening your heart and coming from your heart. So is that the humanness? Is that like kind of a darkness that's trying to like make it logical? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the, it's the human element of us. It's, it's the left brain, it's the masculine brain, it's, it's the, the part of the brain that can only process things that are stacked on shelves and, you know, linear, which is, efficient in this 3d world if you want to meet someone at three o'clock on tuesday afternoon it's good that sort of thing's good but when you're working with energy and you're in the quantum field everything is vibration Mm. and you can't really understand vibration with your left brain your right brain gets it the right brain can process billions of bits of data per second the left brain is like seven bits of data per second so it's a massive difference so for anyone listening the best thing to do is to try and not understand it. Don't try and see anything. Don't try and feel anything. Just close your eyes, take some nice long deep breaths, listen to a meditation, listen to a light language transmission, and don't have any expectation whatsoever. Just listen to it and feel and absorb it and let it do to you what it's supposed to do to you and then see how you feel afterwards. And just do it for a week, two weeks. Don't just do it for a day. Do it for a little bit of time. Give your body and your soul the chance to absorb it and shift, you know? Last question for me. What would be one way that our community or listeners can connect and like drop into their heart? Like what are some tips for dropping into your heart? So I would say if you're new to this stuff, like close your eyes, take away the external stimulus, put a pair of headphones on so you can't hear anything. Go into the silence and then breathe in through your nose down to the pit of your stomach. No shallow breathing because if you breathe into your chest, you're going to activate your fear receptors. If you breathe into your belly, you're going to activate your calm receptors. So take some nice long deep breaths and then bring your awareness consciously into the center of your chest. And then you can just imagine that your heart is like a flower. You know, and as you're breathing, just consciously see the flower bloom and allow it to bloom and allow energy to pour out from the center of you and just see like a pink energy just flowing out and out and let it surround you. Let it fill up your space, the whole room that you're in and just keep breathing 
allow it to come out into, into the space and then just breathe that frequency back in. That's the, 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 the kind of easiest way to come into your heart. Now, the mind can still be active and that's one of the biggest problems. So a little trick that you can use to shut your mind up and you two can try it now to, to prove to people that it works. Okay. So if you imagine, right, that your mind is like a garden, it's not, not, a, sorry, not a garden, a tree. Okay. And in the tree, there are birds and you're like a hunter that wants to shoot these birds. So the birds are never going to fly out from the tree because they're going to get shot. Now, if you imagine that your thoughts inside your head, which is the tree, okay, are little birds and you're the hunter. I want you to look up into your own minds, like consciously look up and ask yourself this question. What is the next thought that's going to come into my head? What is the next thought that's going to come into my head? Look up into your mind and see what happens to your thoughts. So because they're going to get shot, then there's none. There's none. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You enter the present moment, like within a second. There's no thoughts. You're completely centered. So that's just a little trick that people can use. If their mind is just, you know, most people are having 60 to 90,000 thoughts every single day. Most of them are repeat from the day before and the day before, just bullshit thoughts. But this is just a quick way of just shutting it down. Mm. Look at it. What's the next thought that's going to come into my head? Boom, mm. you're present. Then consciously go into your heart, breathe, open it. Mm. And again, it takes practice because... We're so conditioned to get caught up in our environment, to think about what we're going to do tomorrow, to think about what we didn't do yesterday, to think about the person that upset me three years ago that I just can't get over, whatever it is, you know? So it takes a little bit of practice. So where people fall down on this spiritual journey is discipline. People aren't disciplined enough. If you want to go to the gym and get in shape, you've got to go every day or five times a week and you've got to train hard. You've got to eat good foods. You know, you can't go once a week and expect to, to transform. This is the same. Give an hour back to yourself every day to do a little bit of meditation, do a bit of Qigong, do the things that are going to stimulate your nervous system, activate your pineal glands, open your heart. And we have all these tools on our website. Which is starmagic.com? Starmagichealing.com. Starmagichealing.com. Yeah. Can, you, can you speak to what Star Magic does? So... For us, it's about freedom, okay? The human race, the majority of the human race is not free. They're not sovereign. We came to this planet to be sovereign. We came here to expand and to shine our powerful lights and express our own divinity. But most people aren't doing that. When you work with star magic, it is going to recalibrate it's going to realign, it's going to shift you into a new vibrational space where you become more confident, where you speak your truth, where you discover your mission and you start to exercise it and you start to live it and you start to make up your own rules and regulations and start to play the game of life, how you want to play it, how you should play it, how you came here to plan it before you signed up for this earthly mission. The frequency of star magic will go straight into your cells and shift you on a subatomic level. It's going to clear all of that parallel life trauma that is holding you back and stopping you stepping forwards. And you're going to stop believing. And that is important because believing is dangerous. You're going to stop believing and you're going to start knowing who you are. Because when you believe, if you look at a belief or any belief system and you see where that belief came from, it came from a thought. 
And that thought came from another thought. And if you trace any thought back to its origin, it's going to come out with time, distance, or measurement. None of those exist in the quantum fields. So time, distance, and measurement are all illusory, which makes every single belief system a concept. But when you transcend those belief systems and you come into that space where you know yourself, nothing can beat knowing. Nothing can trump it. And when you know yourself, you step fully into your power. And then you don't give a shit. You just decide, this is who I am, and I'm going to express myself in all of my glory. And this is what Star Magic will do for you. Mm. Help you step into your power, unleash that lion, that lioness that's lying inside of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. So where is it? Where can everyone connect with you? Starmagichealing.com. You'll get access to our Instagram pages, our Facebook pages. We've got events all over the world every month of the year. And at these events, do people come to be healed or become healers? We have two-day workshops um, where people come to have their pineal gland activated or, you know, step into the frequency of the heart. Different. We have different mm, workshops for different cool. things, the two-dayers. Right. And then we have five-day trainings and seven-day trainings. So we've got level one, two, three, and four. Level one and two are five days. Level three is a, is a seven-day. Level four is a seven-day. So people come to those trainings and we help them remember star magic. We don't teach them anything because Mm. they already know this stuff. We just need to trigger the remembrance. So we have an academy. People can join the academy once they've been to the training. And the aim is to come and work in our healing centers. We're in the process of of, of building our first one at the moment in Madeira, a little island near Portugal. So the aim is to train people up to go and heal, run these training groups and these facilitated trainings. Um, you know, want to up and running. So that's why we're training people. I had no plan on training people, but these blue beings came to see me again and showed me these healing centers and said, you got to build them. And I said, well, if I build them, who's going to run them? They said, well, you've got to train people. And that's the whole reason we started training people, mm-hmm. just to work in these healing centers. These lyrans are, are responsible for a lot. <laughs> wow. You know, we're just kind of following orders, really. Mm. I love that. I'm so grateful. Our healing was awesome. Mm-hmm. So profound. Um, and I'm really thankful that you came and had this conversation with us. It was really beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much for having me. So grateful. Yeah. Sorry, guys. We will see you soon. Love you. We love you. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you so much to Jerry Sargent. You can find out more at starmagichealing.com. And thank you all for listening. It means the world to us. We are here for you as always. And we will see you on the next one.